Hey, hey, hola. Welcome to Earth Sauce, the show in which we break down new scientific publications into bite-sized chunks for your listening pleasure. My name is Kyle, and I'll be your guide for the next little bit while we delve into this week's paper. If you have a paper that you'd like me to break down, you can email the citation to podsauce at gmail.com. With that being said, let's go ahead and get started on this week's article. When we think about the evolution of humans, most of the time we're only thinking about how our physical traits have changed, our appearances, the size of our brains, or the amount of melanin in our skin and hair. But how often do we think about how the human mind has evolved? Is it under the same sort of selection pressures? Or is it simply a reaction to how our body is changing? Well, the authors of this week's paper, entitled Context, Environment, and Learning in Evolutionary Psychology, published earlier this year by Al Shawaf and others, are arguing that the mind is not simply evolving to our body, but that it is evolving based on the context and the environment that the individual is living in. Let's dig a little bit deeper and psychoanalyze this evolutionary phenomenon. This week's paper was more of a review than an empirical study, so we weren't necessarily looking at a definitive hypothesis. But what the authors were discussing is how, in the context of evolutionary psychology, there has been a disconnect between those who think that psychology has been evolving along with our bodies, and that psychology is more of a reflex or some sort of natural reaction to our environment. Here, the authors are, are taking the side of the evolutionists in that the mind has evolved based on the context and the environment in which it is in. I have a few definitions that I think are important when going through this paper. The first being evolutionary psychology, defining the topic that we are looking at itself. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it's just the study of the evolution of psychological phenomena, such as cognition, memory, and the perception of our outside world. The next is going to be, what is the difference between approximate analysis and an ultimate analysis? These definitions first came from Tinbergen in 1963 and were defined eloquently by Lewis and company in 2017. Approximate analysis is a look at an immediate cause of some sort of behavior, whereas an ultimate analysis is looking at the historical causes of some sort of behavior. The next definition I believe is going to be important is an evolved learning mechanism. Um, And these are just contextual learning adaptations that have evolved to help our minds learn so that we can continue surviving and reproduce. In this paper, the authors look at three specific ones, the first being food aversion, which is just learning which foods are safe to eat, which foods are harmful. And in primates, this is especially done when looking at other primates. So if a monkey sees a monkey eat a harmful food, the other monkey's not going to eat it. The next learning mechanism that we looked at was specialized fear. This is evolving a fear of a predator or fear of a certain situation, and again, can be observational, especially in primates. And the final one we looked at here was incest aversion. And this is, again, relying on the environment to assist an organism in avoiding any sort of breeding with a close genetic relative. The next definition I believe is important is the Garcia effect, which was discovered in 1988 by John Garcia, and he just discovered a conditioned taste aversion in rats, which is similar to a food aversion, essentially. We also need to define the difference between cooperation and altruism. 
Cooperation is working together towards a common goal so that you can help each other survive, but altruism is putting someone else's needs above yours. And the final definition I believe is important is auditory looming. And they don't touch a whole lot on this, but it's just a bias that they discuss very shortly. And this is the phenomenon that humans become more aware of looming sounds, such as sounds that are louder and getting quieter with harmonic tones or natural biologically made sounds. Going into this paper, I was intrigued. I have never thought about the evolution of the human mind, probably a lot like a lot of you, but when I think of evolution, my mind tends to divert to how we've evolved physically and not necessarily mentally to cope with the physical changes that we're going through. Um, I found this paper on Google Scholar. I was just looking for topics other than a general biology like we've had for the past couple weeks just to switch things up. In evolutionary psychology, there seems to be two main camps of thinking. One side thinks that the evolution of the human mind is simply a reaction to what the body is adapting to. And others think that the evolution of the human mind is evolving in and of itself. I tend to agree with the latter, that just because the body is adapting, it doesn't mean that the mind is also adapting. Having studied evolution in the past, it makes sense to me that the mind is adapting to new situations or to new social or environmental contexts at the same time as the body. The mind would have to process new information, new sounds, new sights, new smells at the same time that the body is adapting to its new environment. So to me, this paper's argument seems pretty intuitive. Moving on to the summary of this week's paper, it's going to be pretty simple because the authors kept the same theme throughout the whole paper. Uh, and that theme is just that context is important. It is posing problems, but it is also offering the solutions to those problems. In evolutionary psychology, there are two main camps of thinking. One side is arguing that the mind is evolving in a reactionary form to how the body is evolving. And the other side is arguing that the mind is evolving in and of itself. The mind is learning and evolving all the time. So learning and evolving are not mutually exclusive as is widely accepted in the field of evolutionary psychology. The authors take a look at three different evolved learning mechanisms that are reliant on context and environment. And these three mechanisms are food aversion, specialized fear, and incest avoidance. And all of these are dependent on a specific context or an environment for an individual. For example, incest aversion is relying on environmental cues for a particular person to avoid breeding with a close genetic relative. And previous studies have shown that when an individual is raised around uh, other individuals, other particular individuals, this person will start to feel less sexually attracted to, uh, to those individuals, thus avoiding uh, any sort of incest possibility whatsoever. In research, we, these authors looked at four different types of context. The first context that we looked at for research was emotion. The authors used disgust as their example, and disgust evolved for avoiding any undesirable situations like environments that have high levels of disease are generally seen as disgusting. This was shown in previous studies, and this is just a, the mind's response 
to help the individual avoid any sort of infection. The next area of research that we looked at was cooperation and altruism. Now obviously the environment is going to play a huge key role in group and social settings. Um, obviously individuals are going to be more inclined to look after other individuals within the same group than they are towards strangers. Next we looked at the lifespan development and this is important in the context of childhood and developmental ages and previous studies have shown that the development has a huge effect on the psychology of a, a particular person. Even later on in life, environmental cues are continuing to alter psychological and biological processes in the body. The last contextually important area of research that the authors looked at was human mating. And the psychology of human mating is dependent on the context of relationship status or the environment and the sex ratio of a particular society. The authors ultimately come to the conclusion that the evolution of human psychology is extremely contextually dependent. And this makes tons of sense. New contexts, new environments are giving human bodies something to adapt to, so why would they also not give human minds something to adapt to? Going into the strengths and weaknesses of this paper, um, this was a well-researched paper. The authors provided many examples for their argument. Um, they analyzed their argument from many different perspectives, which gave the paper a well-rounded view of the issue that we were discussing. Um, and it was also written how I like it. It had short, concise sentences, each sentence making its own argument. The weaknesses of this paper is that they didn't discuss human biology very much in terms of the role that it has on human psychology which leaves one of the questions that I had for after reading this paper. They also didn't, did not discuss very many opposing viewpoints. They just said that there was this other viewpoint, that the adaptations are reflexes and not dependent on the context. But they didn't bring up any arguments for that particular viewpoint. And going into our outro music from Benson.com, I'm just going to leave you guys with a few questions that I had after reading this paper. The first being, how important is the biology for the evolution of human psychology. We know that in terms of mating context, eggs are expensive to produce and sperm is energy cheap to produce. So is that not as important as another contextual clue for a change in psychology? And one more question is how can we even discuss evolution without the environment or the context? So the other argument that the evolution of the human mind is just a reaction to the human body it just makes no sense to me, so I'm wondering how that can even come up as an argument. Alright, that is it for this week's episode of the Earth Sauce Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you have a paper you would like me to read over and break down, send the full citation to podsauce at gmail.com. That's pod as in podcast, sauce at gmail.com. I hope you all have a great weekend, have a great day, have a great night wherever you are. Hope to see you on the next episode of Earth Sauce, and stay saucy, my friends.